Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper. Coming to you today from the KNVBC studios at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today, and what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I hope you're having a great day today, and I'm glad that you've tuned in for such a time as this. And I tell you what, there's a lot of things you can listen to, and there's a lot of things we can consume, there's a lot of things that we can give ear and eye to, but there's nothing as essential, nothing that can do for you or I what the Bible can do. And thank God for His Word. I'm glad that a long time from now, when this earth is no more, when the, the galaxies crumble, I'm glad when all of this is done, the Word of God endures. It's settled forever in heaven. The Word of God stands. Thank God for the Bible. In spite of the critic, it stands. In spite of the onslaught, it stands. You can't burn the book. It stands. It's forever settled up in heaven, and I'm glad we have it. I hope you've been in your Bible today, and I want to be a strong advocate for Bible study and Bible reading and Bible understanding, comprehension of the Bible. Too many people claim to be a Christian, don't know much about their Christ because they don't spend time in the Bible. You want to study Christ? Study the Bible. You want to get to know God? Get to know the Bible. You want to know His will? Read the Word. That's where you find it. And I don't know about you, but when I got saved, God gave me a want to, a desire to be in the Bible. Before I was saved, I would attempt to study every once in a while. I mean, they'd have to twist my arm, uh, uh, beg, bribe, or beat, you know, to get me to read my Bible. I didn't like it. I couldn't understand it. There was nothing in me that wanted this book, and that's because I was lost. But once I got saved... There was a desire placed within me to read the Bible. You know why? Because this Bible is a spiritual book, and it's discerned by the Spirit, and it takes a spiritual man. But once you're saved, you'll want to devour it. You'll want to feast upon it. It is that bread of life. It is that living water. It is that balm. It is that light, and we need it in our life. We're studying in Second. Uh, the second chapter of First John today, broadcast number seven in this second chapter, I do believe. And if you've missed any previous broadcasts, you can go to wherever you get podcasts and subscribe to Striving for Revival there. All you do, go and then type it in, Striving for Revival, hit subscribe, and that gives you access to every archived study we have done. We've studied through, I believe, Galatians where we, is where we started. Now we're in the first John. We'll finish this out and go back and get the Gospels and get uh, Acts and Romans and Ephesians in as well. The Corinthians, we'll get all of that in as well. But right now we're in first John chapter number two. We're going to read today verse 18 and verse number 19. And here's what the Bible says. Now he's transitioning here. He's transitioning from his three verses on loving not the world. And he's very blunt. He's very straightforward. He's very understandable. He says a Christian is not to love the world. And here's why. When you love the world, you're not going to love God. Your love for God decreases 
As your love for the world increases, as your love for God increases, your love for the world will decrease. There's no two thing, two ways about it. And here's what's in the world. It's all flesh. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it's all sensual. It's all, it's all carnal. It's all external. And the world is driven by what it can taste, touch, feel, hear, smell, all of the five senses. But you and I are to live spiritual lives. We're to live according to the Holy Spirit of God. And we're to live for the will of God, not love this world. Now in verse 18, he gives them a stark reminder. Here's motivation for loving God and not loving the world. Little children, it is the last time. So John says, hey, fellas, listen, here's why I don't want you to love the world. Here's why I don't want you to walk in darkness. Here's why I don't want you to hate your brother. Because it's the last time, the last days, if you will. All right, let's read on. And as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come even now. There are many antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. John is referring here to the last time. I believe he's referring to the same thing we find in 2 Timothy and other places, the last days. And he refers to antichrists. Now, this term can have a distinct eschatological implication, talking about the one antichrist or the beast of Revelation, chapter 13. But I don't believe that's exactly what John's speaking of here. He's talking about there's many opponents or adversaries to Jesus Christ. So the thought is, uh, if you want the context, those who are in opposition to the gospel, enemies of the work of God, those who stand as opposed or opposition to what God would want to accomplish in this world. He said there are many. John is living back in, what is it, A.D. 90 or so, and he's saying this, there's a lot of folks who are anti-God in this hour, a lot of folks who are anti-Christ, there's a lot of folks who stand in opposition to the gospel and the work of God right now, and can I say it hasn't gotten any better, it's gotten much worse. There are many anti-Christs in our day. You say, who's that? For example, Hollywood is anti-Christ, and I know Christians devour Hollywood like a kid in a candy store. I know that they we don't go to the movie theater, we just watch them in our house. I understand that we are well versed in every new video game and we just we soak it in and soak it in and we soak it in but you can't disagree with me if you want to you can be wrong i guess but that's your that's your prerogative it's anti-god it is it's anti-christ it promotes uh, immorality it promotes ungodliness it promotes sensuality sexual things all these things out there in the world sin of every stripe is celebrated murder uh, i mean all of these things lying cheating stealing robbing i mean all of these different things are promoted it's anti-christ amen uh, much is going on in public education anti-christ I'm not saying that you uh, you're not you're not saved. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying those involved in that it's promoting an antichrist agenda. You can't teach evolution and tell me it's not antichrist. You can't teach uh, second graders about uh, uh, things that are not even suitable to talk about on the radio station, fit only for the the marriage situation. You can't teach second graders and younger about that and tell me it's not antichrist. In California, you you provide hormonal treatments to young people who want to change their gender without alerting their parents and making the insurance of the parents pay for it, and the parents don't even have the first clue that's going on. You can't tell me that's not ungodly. 
So there were and there are many antichrists. Abortion in politics, our society, our culture. It's definitely, it's anti-God. It all is. I mean, we have to have NFL on Sunday. Right? Little League used to not be on Wednesdays. Now they move soccer and Little League, all these things, to Wednesday night. You can't tell me. You say, well, they might not. The people involved might not know what they're doing, but don't tell me the devil's not using that as a direct attack on prayer meeting, their direct attack on Sunday worship. Yes, he is. It's anti-God. Sure it is. It's anti-Christ. And that's how we know these are the last days. It's going to wax worse and worse. The times are going to be perilous. They're going to be um, marked by not uh, godliness, but anti-godliness. They're going to be marked by sensuality and sin, all of these different things. And that's where we're at today. We're not seeing a revival. We're seeing a revolt. We're seeing a rebellion. We're seeing reprobate minds uh, leading the society that we live in. That's just where we're at. Now, I believe God could send revival, but we're not seeing it by and large. Verse number 19, they went out from us. Some of these people who are antichrist, apparently they used to be involved, maybe in the work of God. They used to be in the church. They might have sung the hymns and said amen. I don't know. They might have gone soul winning, even preached a message. But they went out. They left. They, they're gone. Things got hot. Things got hard. The honeymoon wore off, and now they're gone. Can't find them. I and mean, here's why. They were not of us. They weren't saved to begin with. They just looked the part. They were charlatans, not Christians. They were imposters, not possessors. They were in the assembly, but not of the assembly. And when the time came, they just rebelled. They revolted. They left. They ran. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. If they were saved, if they were fundamental, if they were part of this crowd, if they were really born again, if they were plugged in, not just in their head, but their heart had been changed, they'd still be here. They'd still be singing. They'd still be shouting. They'd still be soul winning. They'd still be preaching sermons. They'd still be right here next to us serving the Lord. But they're gone. They're gone. They went out. Why? That they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. The concept is of those who have either known the truth or at the least been exposed to it. Yet they turned from it, distorted it, and blaspheming the name of Christianity or religion, saying it doesn't work, whatever. And John says, hey, these used to be part of us, but they left. And here's why. The church split. Why? It's a good thing. It exposes those who were the goats among the sheep, the tares among the wheat, the false, the fool's gold from the genuine article. Maybe it's a, uh, uh, maybe it's a, they, 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 uh, they got in, they were zealous for a moment, and now they're gone. Can I tell you, friend, that's a mark of the last days. These church splits, these people hopping and never settling in. It's part of the last days. You and I need to remember we're living in the final moments before the rapture. And here's my challenge. Walk with God, worship God, love God, serve God, and do it faithfully. Until next time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.